Welcome back to the live hangouts to hear Keeps It Too Real, a podcast for black mental health. Happy July to you guys. Sorry I haven't been here. I've been putting some attention behind some of my script work and it's been going really, really good. But I am here. I twisted my ankle, so I've been kind of like down. I had a lot of free time. So the podcast episode today, ask us, I'm asking you guys, why Idle Minds becomes the devil's workshop. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm so happy that you're here. So, uh, full disclaimer, I mean, I put it in the bio. I'm 34, right? 34 going on 35. I always live in the year that's coming up versus the year that I'm currently in because, you know, I like to stay positive, be like water, just keep flowing. That's been something I've been also saying to myself within the past, like, two weeks. Be like water, just keep flowing. You know, the ocean doesn't really care about, well, which way can I flow? It just goes, you know? We got to be more like that. So, I'm about to check the box that's, like, 35 to 41, right? So, I mean, I looked at myself in the mirror and I'm just like, I don't feel like a 35-year-old. I feel like in wisdom and in mind, maybe, but not like in life and body and in spirit. I feel like I'm still like a kid bouncing around trying to figure out my way like in the sandbox, right? And then I judge myself for that. I'm laying down, I watch TV, I watch commercials, and you know, like let's say there's a bank commercial comes up and it's like, oh, mortgage, whatever. I look at a couple who looks like to be the same age as me and Frankie and I'm like, I'm not looking at a mortgage. I don't care to like, these are not just my priorities or my goals. My goals are right now, I'm like on a mental break because I just watched five different videos because I'm doing research for a project that I'm working on and just whatever. I looked at my day-to-day, how I make money life. You know, I took a break from doing client work just to focus more on my own self as a client, as a screenwriter, as a talent, um, doing auditions, putting myself out there, working with producers, just talking about a lot of projects that I want to make versus going and asking someone to give me a job. I started back doing like bartending work and just doing my shows. Um, I work in a slime museum. I do a lot of brand ambassador work where it's like you work with different clients, helping them get sales, things like that pays the bills doesn't really give me income to the point where I'm like oh my god I work at this career and I want to have this money to have a mortgage so I always feel thrown off in life as like where do I fit in where am I going I'm not working the same job every day I don't have a nine to five I don't give a shit about working for others in this kind of way but then it's like how do you make money and what are you gonna do and are you just gonna keep doing this why did I have time to even think about all this because I the doctor told me I can't go back to work until Friday Idle minds, my friends, idle minds. It just starts a really quick spiral downward and it sucks. I started thinking about the conversations that I had when I first got out to Los Angeles, which was four years ago. Time goes really, really fast too. And I know the pandemic makes us feel like, oh, we don't even, we canceled out the last two years, or technically, you're in, I'm still 33, technically, or 34, or whatever, but I don't live in that way, you know, I don't really go based off what the popular people are saying and doing, and everyone feels like, no, I gotta go with where Tahira goes, and for me, I'm growing up, you know, I feel it in my lifestyle, in the way I see things, I don't want to do the same things that I used to do, I'm, I'm thirsty for, like, new beginnings, new ideas, fresh takes on things, The best part of being an entrepreneur is the fact that I get to control my own destiny and do what I want. So it's like great things coming up in the Reddit Media Group. I get to partner with a lot of different writers and creators. And I just did a really cool interview for Swagger Magazine, like one degree of separation from Tyler Perry. Hopefully he reads the interview because it's been one of his stars from the show Sisters that he runs. So 
my career is like definitely on track and I'm like doing great things and it's just way more to come, you know? Music is opening up, opening up a, such a world that I'm like, I don't even know that this is like how people do this, but it's just experience. I'm an author, I'm working on my leadership book. Everything in front of me looks really exciting. The only thing that makes me feel off is when I start thinking financially. And this is how I really feel about money and finances and economy. After I graduated high school, uh, college and it was the recession, that was my only, I think, chance in life or opportunity in life to see what others could do for me. Me going to school, I got an education, I used my degrees and resume and education to pitch myself into the employment world, to see an employer to see me as something. Just last night I went off on my Instagram because I had a... I read a report, I put out a report for the HUD, the HUD secretary, you know, she's a black Marsha Fudge. She put out her first report. The report talks about how basically there's nowhere in America right now, all 50 states, including Hawaii, including Hawaii, um, where you can live and work on a minimum wage job and pay for a one bedroom apartment. Talking about the housing crisis and how the price of living in America across the board, not like New York and Los Angeles are the top two, well, top four, Los Angeles is the number one, New York is the number four, hardest places to survive, and that's the only places where I've ever had a chance to kind of live, which is my realities. No one can do it. No one can do it. So just think about that. It puts all of us into true perspective, right? We talk about generational wealth, we talk about building something. How do you build something when you start with nothing? Like how? You can save, you can live for for nothing be homeless a lot of people did Tyler Perry did it he went homeless lived in a car you still need a car what if you don't have a car you can have a full-time job 40 40 hours a week in America a career-based job because I don't know when people say minimum wage and careers like that's a whole different conversation too because a person like me who didn't get a job after college right I didn't I graduated with a master of science that means I was supposed to start entry level at let's say 45 they weren't paying 45, they were barely paying minimum wage because it was a recession. Let's say you stay five years not earning the minimum wage. So that means by the year 20, I graduated in 2010, by the year 2015, I should have been earning twice what the minimum wage should have been, which would have been $15 an hour. I was earning about $15 an hour in 2015. Still was not able to make a living, to pay rent even, in New York. So no matter how much we earn, what we went to school, to do the housing crisis in America affects everybody. It's because of Frankie that I even created pathways to earn money at the Reddit Media Group. There I call myself an entrepreneur, but the fact that I don't have greed inside me is what actually turns me off to this, what doesn't make me the average, I would say, entrepreneur. I'm not, like, my husband is a money person. He loves money. He gets up every day. That's like a male thing too, you know? It's like, it's an extension of themselves, like how much they have and they've earned. And not so much like working for people. He doesn't care to clock man hours. But if he can get it himself in some way, hustle He's definitely on it 100%. He's a Dominican. So I think it's also just in their blood to just hustle and be out here and whatever. And I have that too. I have the hustle. But I don't have the greed. And I've seen him do shit and it's like, well, whatever. I need to make it. We need to eat. So 
you know? And I'm like, all right, but that was like, isn't there another kinder, cooler way or more equitable way for everyone to win? Not like some of us will win, some of us have to lose. And it's the hardest part of capitalism for me to understand. That's why I look at the Democrats and a lot of people think, thought I was like a Bernie Sanders kind of like supporter and I'm not, I'm not progressive. I was never really progressive in that way. I more, was more of like a moderate. I understand that there's laws that allow rich people to pay less and for poor people to pay more. And that's the line, that's the space that I find myself in that enrages me. It gets me fucking upset. You know, people like me who have access to knowledge, who get it, who can translate their thoughts and ideas into words, into podcasts, into YouTube channels, into scripts, into books. That is my skill, right? That is what God put inside me that I will have between, that I've always had since I was little and I have it up until now. I don't know what my path is going to be. I don't know if the next thing that I do blows up and I become a millionaire and now the podcast is very different and whatever. We don't know what the future holds for us. That's why you got to walk by faith and not by sight, right? What we do know though is the situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in that have nothing to really do with us. And it's unfair. And how do we fight through unfairness? How do we keep being strong? It's like when they talk about Black Lives Matter. How do we keep not wanting to just shoot people and just keep finding peaceful ways to protest when you're just living just so angrily? You know? And like I said, this is a podcast with mental health, you guys. How do we? I'm talking about, I don't always have the answers. But, you know, I do have some answers. This is what works for me. When I'm in the darkest hour, right? The belly of the beast. I have a song that I thought like that. Gratitude, right? I put myself in the only era or people that I, that I feel that I'm close to still are my ancestors. The ancestors that were on the middle passage. What were their mentalities? What could it have been? For our race to survive this long, for Tahira to be born in 1987, for my parents to survive what they did, for their grandparents and the grandparents and the grandparents and the grandparents and the grandparents. What did they do to survive to make us to get to here? I mean, I'm on a, I'm recording this podcast on my phone in a room with, I had to take off one of the fans, but put one on because it's really, really hot in Brooklyn. You know, like all this technology that I have at my disposal. Like, how are we just able to just keep going? gratitude be grateful that you're here right that's my always go-to i think about people who have been worse off situations than me situations that i'm like i don't even know how those people survive and you're grateful that you're in a better situation no matter what that situation is and i was facing homelessness in los angeles and i use that same thing i'm like you know what at least i'm not tied to each other on a slave ship right now and it has to get that real you got it one of the things that my aunt taught me growing up, and it's one of the biggest lessons I take from her, I bring it up all the time and I tell her, thank you. She told me, me and my love, my cousins when we were young. If you don't know where you came from, you will never know where you're truly going. I heard Maya Angelou. She brought me a lot of Maya Angelou poet, poem, poetry books growing up and stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I, Maya Angelou is a person that just, you know, a lot of her words and stuff is in a lot of us, in all of us. You know, we grew up in that, that, that time in that era where she was just hot on Arsenio and all this stuff, you know? Maya always talks about, you know, 
how she was able to, you know, push so many barriers or just be this black woke woman way before the word woke was even used. She said when she showed up at places, she showed it, she told it to Oprah. She don't show up by herself. She show up as 10,000 ancestors behind us. Like maybe you just see me, but I'm here in front and all these people are standing behind me. All my tribes, all the people that walked before me, they're with me. They're with us, you guys. They're with us. This is a podcast for black mental health. So this is talking to the people who used to be slaves. We got to remember who we are, you know, and never let the world around us make us forget the power that we hold within. When it comes to human beings and humanity, we all have power. Some of the white counterparts in our country have it easier than us just because of how they look. They don't want to talk about critical race theory because they know why. It's not about white people feeling guilty. It's about white people being woke. It's their turn to be woke. We've been woke since Maya Angelou. It's up to everybody to change the way things are here. Not in New York and Los Angeles only. Not in California and New York. In every single state. If we're all going to have a fighting chance for our future. For kids to want to live here. To want to work here. To live a life. To have fun and go to sports games. And not want to shoot up the sports games. And... We got to do a lot better. We can't let the devil, the demons, the bad people win. Not in our minds, not in our hearts, not in our motherfucking country. And this is where I leave you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm going to get back to work. I hope you do as well.